2: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens.
2: And I'm Matthew Bivens.
0: And this is the Doing It at Home podcast. The only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them.
2: Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
0: All right, you ready, babe?
2: Yep, let's do it, mama.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It At Home podcast. Myself, Sarah Bivens, and Matthew Bivens, my husband, are so happy that you're here listening with us, a part of this community, we just appreciate you so much. So thank you. couple of quick announcements. First of all, hope you're listening with your Parents on Demand app right now. If you are not, you can do so by going to parentsondemand.com. That link is in our show notes, or you can just Google Parents on Demand, the pod network that we are a part of. And you can download that app on your Android or your iOS device. And you can listen to our show along with all of the other shows from the network there. Also, how you can support the show, of course, by listening like you are now, dropping us reviews in Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate that. And checking out the shop, getting your doing it at home swag. All of that is there for you. You know, the seasons are changing. We've got some leaves falling in our yard. It's a little bit cooler today. So I might need to get me a hoodie or a sweatshirt that says, have babies where you make them because I have my tank, but that's going to go in the back of the closet soon. So there you have it, ways you can support the show. And another quick announcement, we have more interview requests than we can address right now at this point. So if you've noticed or if you've tried to submit your birth story to us, um, to be on the show as a guest. We just have a little update there on the website that we are currently full, which is a great problem to have, um, but we just appreciate and ask that you kind of bear with us as we move through clearing up space in the schedule and addressing your requests. So if you have sent in a submission, we have it, we appreciate it, and we will get to you when we can. So just trust that. Um, there are a lot of life things going on, and you know the podcast is not our main... Uh, business It's not the main thing that we do. It's a big passion project that we love so much. So that's why we make the time for it. But just to let you know, you know, kind of where we're at, that we appreciate all the submissions and we are not currently accepting anymore at this point in time, probably for the remainder of 2019. And then we'll revisit in 2020 as we, you know, look at our schedule and re-examine there. But there, just a little housekeeping note there for you. We love you and we can't wait to share all your stories. Just bear with us. And yeah, let's get into today's birth story. So we're chatting with Celia Donaldson. And Celia is actually a birth and postpartum doula and a childbirth educator herself. So it's really cool when we bring birth workers into the conversation and then turn it to their personal stories and experience. I really like getting that perspective. And this one for me, I feel like really centers around how normal home birth is is and can be and can be talked about and experienced and perceived. Because for Celia, home birth has always been a completely normal thing because she herself was born at home. So home birth didn't have to be this big, you know, uh, you know, here's what it is. You know, it didn't have to be a deep dive as to what is it, why people would do it. It was just normal for her. And so I believe that normalcy and that normalization and that variation of normal really carries through how Celia shares her story from the research that she did while pregnant to the conversations and the preparations that she and her partner Ali put into place for preparing their birth, assembling their birth team and then bringing baby Nadir, their son, Earthside and welcoming him and just the magic of that. And Celia shares some of her favorite resources as well and how you can get in touch with her and learn about her if you're in the Bay Area out near San Francisco in California. So definitely connect with her if you are in those circles. So there you have it. That's a little bit of background on the story. Can't wait for you to listen. Here's a brief word from our sponsor and then we'll dive right in.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty.
3: Hey,
0: Celia, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. How are you?
1: I'm so well on this beautiful sunny day. Thank ah! you for having me.
0: Awesome. You're so welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being here and sharing your energy with us. And we're going to have some fun today. So why don't you set the scene and just share with us a little bit about you and your family?
1: All right. So I have a partner named Ali Ali. And we have our almost two-year-old named Nadir, and we live on Treasure Island in the San Francisco Bay Area um, for now. We're moving to Berkeley soon, which is my hometown.
3: Oh, very And
1: cool. um, uh, I'm from here, but Ali is from, born in Iran and grew up in Germany. So we get to travel to Germany every year and visit family there and... And uh, he's kind of a tech guy and I'm a birth lady and (laughs) somehow this is a really good mix
0: (laughs) yes absolutely i love that and you know you mentioned berkeley one of my best friends from childhood lives in berkeley with her husband and they are expecting their first like in a month so oh that's so exciting all the babies in the bay hanging out (laughs) yeah there's a lot of doulas around here very cool very cool and that's um a little bit of what you do right
1: yeah, so I am a birth doula and postpartum doula, and then I also teach childbirth education and hypnobirthing, and uh, and have kind of done that on and off over the years. But since giving birth, have really jumped back into it mm. full time.
0: I can imagine. I'm sure it reignited a lot for you, or you know, just grew some of that passion.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had a really satisfying birth experience, and it inspired me to, you know, help other people Mm -hmm. get that experience, have an ecstatic birth. Oh, yes.
0: Speaking my language. I love it. Um, So, (laughs) given your doula background, is that how you knew about home birth, or where did you first learn about what home birth was?
1: Well, I think I'm one of those weird people. (laughs) (laughs) Where home birth was just normal to me. I was born mm. at home. Oh, great! And I, it just always felt normal, and kind of never occurred to me that I would give birth anywhere else.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's but awesome. Yeah, it
1: felt very natural, and and I was lucky enough to have a partner who was on board with that from the beginning. Because I know not everybody is in that situation, and mm-hmm. sometimes we know that it feels right for us as the birthing person mm-hmm. and we got to get the partner on board.
0: Yeah. And then what about any of Ali's uh, perspective, you know, that you can speak to, cause I know he's not here, but from his family and culture being from Iran, living in Germany, what were some of his ideas or thoughts around uh, home birth and, and that whole choice?
1: He, he was very supportive. He just, kind of said all right cool (laughs) if that's what you want we'll do that and um he he just trusts in the birth process and um the surrounding family on his end was not as on board okay you know I I stood my ground and they they kind of just accepted it eventually Mm -hmm. and I know like part of that is because people have kind of hard birth experiences or Mm -hmm. some scary stories and um, yeah, they don't know how safe that it can be. So, right. I, that was an opportunity for me to share with them all that I know.
0: Gotcha, that's awesome. So then, how did you go about making your your plans or in your care provider, and what was that that process like for you and Ali? Um,
1: let's see. I reached out to midwives probably too early in my pregnancy and um we met a few they came to our house it was just such a nice experience like having plenty of time to talk and ask all the questions that we had and and then i discovered through our search that one of my doula friends had become a midwife and uh we had her over and immediately it felt like such a good fit mm. And so I just knew (laughs) immediately, this is the person I want at Mm. at our birth.
3: That's awesome.
1: She was available. Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) And how was pregnancy for you?
1: It was good, but you know what? I've always seen pregnancy as this beautiful, like glamorous, ethereal. Thing and when I was pregnant, I definitely did not feel that way. Okay,
3: <laughs>
1: I I was like I just feel heavy and hot and I don't feel beautiful. <laughs> but but now looking back on it, I'm like wow that was so cool. <laughs> but you know yeah, I didn't have any any problems come up. I did um, have care prenatal care at the hospital like part part of that. I didn't go as much as somebody normally would if they were having a hospital birth. Um, but I I went in for some ultrasounds and some testing. And I think the next time around, I would probably do less of that because mm-hmm. it just seemed like cause a lot of it was unnecessary. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I can and understand that. Prenatal care with a midwife in your home.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So what were you envisioning or did you have thoughts about what you might want during your birth, whether that was pain management techniques or resources you were utilizing, people you wanted there? What were some of the things you, you had in mind?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I started doing a lot of research in pregnancy and listening to podcasts. Yours was one of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hired a doula and... I've got a little story about that that I'll share later, but um, I wanted it to be really intimate and um, private and quiet. And and so I didn't want any family members there, just kind of me and my partner and and our doula. Um, And I did not yet know about hypnobirthing in detail. Uh, So I kind of just... I thought, well, I know a lot about birth, <laughs> and I'm just gonna practice, you know, some breathing techniques and uh, and movement, and go to yoga classes, and and that really actually did help me in the end in the birth process, especially um, the this Rachel Yellen audio program I had downloaded and I listened to that every night in the last month of my pregnancy. And it was like a guided meditation with affirmations and breathing. And, and with that practice, it it created this pattern so that it was really easy for me to go back to that in labor. And I highly recommend just any type of practice that, that creates this mind-body connection and an mm. anchor for you to go back to in birth. Yeah, it was really helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So then what about those last couple weeks of pregnancy? How were you feeling? And what was the, the energy around that time?
1: Oh, man, it was a weird month. I <laughs> was due at the end of September. <laughs> and he ended up being born October 1st. Um, but I started, I thought I was maybe going into labor like all the time
0: <laughs> Okay.
1: in the whole month of September. I would, I remember in the beginning of the month, I was with this group of ladies and, um, suddenly this like hot flash came over me and I felt like I was having a contraction and my belly was getting all tight. I started kind of needing to Way and and stop my conversation and wow. breathed through it and felt lots of cervix pressure and and that lasted for like half an hour and then went away and so this kept happening every couple days and so I like canceled this meditation retreat I was gonna go on and my midwife canceled her plans to travel and we're like maybe this baby's coming early I'm not sure of uh, course he ended up coming four days after my due date, but we were really confused about that.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. That's a little you know, discombobulating.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it it was really cool because, you know, it helped me to like expand my my view of what pregnancy and labor can be like. Because mm. I d I hadn't experienced that as a doula, so now, I I realize that, you know, the body starts preparing and warming up, and sometimes that starts earlier for some people. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, there's snowflakes, right? Each birth experience, they're all very different.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: So then what Absolutely. was the real deal? How did you know it was moving into to labor and birthing time?
1: Um, so on it was a Thursday afternoon, I got acupuncture and I told my acupuncturist, you can, you can do the points, but you know, can start, get things moving,
3: okay.
1: get it started. And, um, and then the next night, Friday night, I could not sleep and, My memory of it now is that I was just having like annoying cramps that would wake me up every half hour. Um, But I just read over my birth story last night and it said, I apparently wrote that they were strong contractions, but that's crazy now. I don't think they were. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it gets a lot stronger later. So I guess I was kind of up and down all night with feeling these surges and Um, And then I remember I finally fell asleep in the early morning and slept for a couple hours and then woke up and was thinking, all right, I think we're staying at home today. It's going to be a Saturday at home and this is probably happening. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and And it's funny to look back. I have a picture of that morning and I'm like smiling and Ali's doing some hip squeezes and you could tell like this is definitely... Just early early labor. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. So then moving us into birthing time, walk us through some of that.
1: Yeah. So, I let my midwife know what was going on and uh and my doula, so about my little doula story, <laughs> my my doula was sick at the time and um. I um I had a, she had a backup doula, but I'd only met her over FaceTime, and I just ended up not being comfortable inviting her because we hadn't really created a relationship Mm -hmm. through the pregnancy. So I ended up not having a doula. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But it it was fine. Maybe I'm just one of those people who was fine without it. I always recommend that people have a doula, but I was very much in the zone and felt supported. So um, it was awesome being at home. We just, like, we just hung out. I remember eating latkes and all kinds of delicious food and drinking orange juice. And we watched, what was it, Men in Black or something. Um, I was just kind of waddling around the house half naked in my flannel shirt with wool socks on and and every so often a surge would come and I would like lean over the couch or sit on the birth ball and I remember being really tired and laying down felt super uncomfortable and surges would be more painful if I was lying down. Mm -hmm. So I was um I was trying to nap sitting up and uh And it kind of was just like that all day and and not super regular. Like surges would come five minutes apart and then eight minutes and then three minutes and kind of all over the place. So I was a little confused, but I knew that that it could take some time. Yeah. And I started to get a little bit frustrated by the evening when the sun was going down (laughs) and it hadn't, the pattern hadn't really changed. Okay.
0: Yeah. So how did you work through that with that? (laughs) Yeah.
1: um, By then I was texting with my midwife asking her like, what's going to happen now? Can I do something? She still hadn't come over to my house yet Um, and she suggested that I have a shot of alcohol or something like that and get in the bath and it would either slow down and I could get some rest or it would kind of shift things into gear. Uh, So we did not have any alcohol and on Treasure Island, the grocery stores don't sell alcohol. Mm. So we were like, great, what are we going to do? Yeah, <laughs> Talk on this island. And um, so Ali actually like w- walked over to the neighbor's house. He was like, I'll be back in five minutes. And he walked down to the neighbor's house and asked them if he could borrow a glass or a bottle of wine because I was in labor. And they were very confused. And he showed up with a bottle of wine that was already half gone and poured me a glass and I drank that. It was actually really nice <laughs> and I got in the bath and that it really did shift things. Wow. Uh, it, it was really nice being in warm water and I kind of laid back with a towel behind me and uh, and. I was really in the zone, just like breathing, and and so Ali asked me if he could do some work. So he sat next to me on his computer doing <laughs> some work, and and he like lit all these candles, and it was nice and relaxing. Um, but I, while I was leaning back, I felt Nadir shift in my belly, like he he moved to the other side of my belly or something. But I think that helped his. His head fully engaged in my pelvis, mm. and literally right after the first surge after he had moved, um it was way more intense, and then from there, it became consistent, four minutes apart and i and I was able to labor in the bathtub for a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that's when the memory starts to like get a little bit foggy because I think the body creates this also surge of, of hormones to help you get into labor land. Yeah. This kind of other realm. Mm -hmm. So
0: within that fog, are there any things that really stick out as far as how you were experiencing the labor or, you know, when your midwife arrived and, and how the, the remainder of the time flowed?
1: Yeah. Well, I actually love it even more than early labor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just, it's so cool to be taken into this other realm and, uh. and being unmedicated, like you can really feel what's going on in your body. So uh, like at, at some point I got tired of being in the bath and I went into the into our shower, which is in a different room. And, um, and I just stood in the shower kind of swaying and moaning through every surge and, um, and pretty quickly it felt quick, I don't know, maybe an hour. It, it was closer together, like two minutes apart. And I, I remember Ali coming to me and asking like, should I call the doula? Should I call the midwife? And I said, call Maria, call midwife. Um, like intuitively, I just felt that this was going a lot faster mm. and this was like probably around 1130 at night. Um, and, and it's funny looking back at the videos cause I remember being so like in a different world during surges, but then between them, I would kind of be sort of back to normal and able to talk and, um, he would like ask me questions (laughs) like I can't really hear you but I'm here and uh so anyway my midwife shows up and she was just so awesome she knew how like how to be around me she wouldn't kind of she wouldn't be in my space too much but she would be really calm and quiet whenever she was and then she would kind of just step out and be in the other room or, um, start setting things up quietly and, and I could just really focus and be in the zone. Um, yeah, just such a trip to think about the, those more intense surges or that part of labor Mm. when like whatever's happening around you is like not present Mm. (laughs) for you at all. Mm. Um, and you're just like so tuned in with your body um yeah very cool so eventually I not that long after I got tired of the shower my legs were getting really tired and so I went out into my bedroom and got on the bed and I made a stack of pillows and just leaned over that on hands and knees and I was uh I was laboring like that for a while, just moaning through every breath, <laughs> every single breath with a moan. And that was really helpful. Um, you know, using my voice and having that vibration to release tension. And, you know, when you're moaning, your jaw is released. And so mm. that's releasing tension in the pelvis. And I, I just kept telling myself that as I was you know, moving forward and every breath, like, mm-hmm. reminding myself that this is releasing tension and I'm opening. And, um, like, I knew that if if I started to resist at all, that that would only slow things down. So I had to use whatever tools that I had practiced to release. Mm.
3: Um. Yeah,
1: so what happens next. Okay. Yeah. I remember <laughs> another shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so this other shift happened where I guess, you know, deer got lower in my belly, but I, I felt the need to flip over onto my back. So I was then laying on my back in the bed and, um, oh gosh, I remember <laughs> I, I came out there out of the shower naked and totally wet and did not care about drying off and Ali brought some towels and put them on me and they kept falling off because I was like swaying and then he just kept putting them back on me and I remember really appreciating that but not being able to communicate it during that time It um, it's funny to watch the video um so so laying on my back I noticed as this was happening, that my moaning was changing. And it it was still this very deep moan, but it started to have some kind of pushy sounds in it. Um, and my midwife heard that and came in and kind of checked me out. And um, I did not have any cervix checks the whole labor. And uh, I'm glad she didn't offer it because I would not have wanted that. But it it's really uncomfortable. Mm. I know some people like to have that just to gauge where they're at, um, but but I did not. And so being on my back for a pretty short amount of time just felt really good. And and then my midwife asked me uh, to go to the bathroom to try to pee before his head got too low. I don't know. Maybe that would block the dream. (laughs) Mm. Um, And so I got up to go to the bathroom. I think she could tell that he was coming soon based on the sounds I was making. And so I went and I sat on the toilet and pretty quickly there was a pop. And a gush of water, uh, and he, um, I felt him move down more, and 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 then my midwife came over to me and bent down and put her hand on my knee, and she said, "Okay, Celia, it's gonna get more intense now." And I was like, "What? It can get more intense than this? Oh my god!" I thought, "How am I gonna? How am I gonna do this?" Um, and I remember like, this is around the time of transition. And I remember thinking, I didn't realize it was transition at the time, but I remember thinking I'm done. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Um, and I remember thinking, I totally understand why somebody would have an epidural right now. Yeah. Uh, so intense. And, um, and then you just get through that part. Mm -hmm.
2: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: So about how long was it from that point to when he arrived from that sitting on the toilet, waters breaking?
1: That was probably... thirty or forty minutes oh, before wow. he was born. Yeah. Got it. So I think that the he was really low and that bag of waters was like that last bit
3: mm-hmm.
1: kind of that barrier preventing him from fully descending. And as soon as that released he
3: just
1: started coming and and like she said, it got a lot more intense, but it was really different. It was it actually felt Better. It like it didn't hurt as much. It just felt like more pressure in my bottom, mm-hmm. and I I remember feeling. I think I probably said this too. Feels like a bowling ball is gonna come out. Of me. I don't know if he's gonna fit, and and they assured me he's gonna fit. <laughs> Your body is designed for this, and and I, of course I knew that, but. It did not feel like that, mm. <laughs> uh, and and then just naturally my moaning really changed to this like guttural kind of not yelling, but I I, I could do it here. It was like Ugh. okay, okay. <laughs> this very deep kind of pushing, and, and I wasn't doing it on purpose like literally my body shifted into this pushing mode or I guess they call it the natural explosive reflex. And I could not stop it. It was just happening. And, um, so I had a few contractions on the toilet and my midwife asked me to get off the toilet before the head is born. And I just thought how Am I going to get up? I don't even know if I can do that. Um, you know, felt like my hips were spreading apart completely. But um, then Ali came over and he kind of helped lift me up. And um, and while I was in the bathroom, she had my midwife had set up uh, some pa- painter's plastic on the carpet mm. to protect the floor and put some towels and pads down and, and a little birthing stool and I was kind of unsure about what position to go in and I asked her and she offered the birth stool. So I kind of leaned down and tried to squat on it and immediately my body was just not having it and, and intuitively just flipped over onto hands and knees and and I stayed like that um, until he was born. Hmm. So, um, yeah, at this point, it was coming pretty fast, and I was just yelling through the surges at that point and and not in a in a bad way, not in any way where I was like trying to escape, but it felt like using my voice and yelling um loudly it was a good way to cope. Like I could yell as loud as it felt intense and, and that really helped me to, to keep releasing through this, this part of labor that I think a lot of people find resistance in when you feel like the most open that you've ever been. And, um, you know, that kind of ring of fire that happens for some people and uh, that, Fear can sometimes come up of, of tearing or just your inside coming out, and um, yeah. Mm. And, and so yelling helped me through that, and and I remember feeling his head slowly coming down and stretching me open, and he would come out a little bit and then go back in. that a few times and I remember it feeling so good when he would go back in like just stay in there please Ah. (laughs) oh man but but not too long after there was a a strong surge and his head came out and that was such a relief, Mm. such a relief that's that's the hardest part I think getting the head out and um, and so my midwife and Ali were just behind me and Ali supported Nadir's head and oddly, it, like my surges kind of petered out after his head came out or maybe they slowed down, I don't know, but I, I feel like I lost some momentum after that. And um, and so then uh, finally another surge came and and with that one, my midwife with my permission, put her hands inside me and kind of pulled and helped him rotate out. Um, and I just let out like the biggest roar ever. And, um, and he was out and it felt so good to feel his body leaving my body. And I remember yeah. feeling his little legs like wiggle out of me. It was so crazy. Um, immediate relief, <laughs> And and then I learned afterwards that his cord was wrapped around like his shoulder and part of his body, so okay. he was maybe a little bit stuck and needed that help.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he would have come out without any help. I'm not sure. But um, but it was it was all fine and and uh, Ali <laughs> tells me later that. He he remembered that we were supposed to do skin to skin, and so he just held Nadir against my butt as I took a few breaths,
3: to
1: <laughs> gather myself. <laughs> and uh, it, it's really funny to see that. That's in the video.
0: awesome. Hey, he took the notes. He knew he knew he needed to do something.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he forgot that, like, the placenta was still inside of me, and the, there was a cord attaching me and the deer, because then, like, a few seconds later, he kind of pulled the deer closer to him, and then Mariah had to remind
3: him. Yeah, like, cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're still attached. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, so then I just flipped over, and he was in my arms, and I was in shock, and and so relieved and I expected to be like women I've seen in birth videos who are like crying and they're so happy and I was just in shock I I wasn't like oh my gosh I love you so much it was just like who are you Mm. you don't even look like anybody that I know like you don't look like either of us Mm. (laughs) nice to meet you and and it was yeah, it's just a really interesting, interesting phase of labor. Yeah, um, having him be in my arms and it was great. Yeah. And then your <laughs> <We> home,
0: <done. laughs> you know, your home, you're in your space. I'm sure that was amazing.
1: Yeah, and I had like created this whole like labor and birth playlist on Spotify and did not end up playing it at all, but mm. instead Ali had put on this this meditation music on YouTube and he had just put it on repeat for like three hours. Mm. And it was awesome. It just ended up being perfect. So that was playing really quietly when he was born and the room was kind of dark and the heater was on, so it was nice and warm and just so calm and peaceful and and nobody was, you know, rubbing him or messing with either of us. We just got to sit there and take it all in and um and then my midwife has like a a backup come and and she had accidentally locked her out so she ran downstairs to go unlock the door and then she came in too and it's just very calm and peaceful and it it actually remained calm and peaceful after even though there were some unexpected surprises (laughs) Mm. um so yeah this is one of the interesting things about home birth that I don't I think a lot of people misunderstand is that midwives can actually handle surprises and yeah. complicated situations and they're really skilled and they have all their tools and um yeah so after a while we got into bed and um I was bleeding more than normal. I don't remember. I think I birthed my placenta when I was still sitting on the floor. But um, after that in bed, she kind of needed to pull out all the stops to try to get me to slow down with the bleeding. So I remember her pushing on my belly. She gave me some herbs. And she gave me a shot of Pitocin. And what else? She even went downstairs and made a smoothie with my part of my placenta in it mm. and, and berries and coconut water. So I didn't really put cool. any placenta. Um, but, you know, she handled it and she was super calm the whole time. So I wasn't worried at all. And um, I think she, she probably got a little worried because I went up – to go pee and I actually fainted on the toilet Okay. And uh, after passing some blood clots and it was really trippy because I just suddenly was in a dream and then I woke up on my bed again and apparently she had carried me back to bed but um she totally kept her cool and um and just made sure I got lots of iron and and stayed in bed for a while Mm. um but and, oh yeah, she even gave me a, an IV with saline. Oh, that's great. I guess that's when it. So she was able to do all of that at home, and I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything. Um, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful.
0: That's really safe. Yeah, the preparedness, you know, of of midwives and the the skill and the training and the information and education that they bring to the table. I love that through. This show, not only have myself and Matthew, like we as a couple and as parents have learned about the midwifery model of care and all of what it entails, but I feel like the normalization of midwifery as a care option and provider for women uh, in home, in hospital, in birthing center, I, I I love that we've been able to do that here as well, just with the... Um, the stories that we've been able to share here is to, to shed light on that, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's so funny that we have to normalize it now because that yeah, has been normal yeah. doing things forever and until yeah. the last hundred years or so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is. Yeah, but it is interesting.
1: It really <laughs> is. It's a safe option. And, and a lot of, you know, most midwives are really well trained and, and that's it's good to interview you know, a few of them and looking for your care mm-hmm. just as you would for an obstetrician.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Celia, what I'd like to touch on before we wrap up here is in addition to the intense gratitude I have for you for sharing your story. It's just so beautiful. I really felt like I was there in terms of the way that you described a lot of things from your wool socks to like the heater in the room and you sitting on the toilet. I was I was there. Um, let's touch on the hypnobirthing aspect for one minute. Um, being that you are a doula and a hypnobirthing practitioner, what are a couple of things that you want to leave mamas with or share as far as how self-hypnosis can be very helpful during birth or what you would maybe want someone who's not very familiar with it to know and understand.
1: Mm, yeah. So I think that the the name can be deceiving and people are like thinking, are you under somebody's influence or mm. like, in a
0: trance? Like, is it and, magic?
1: And really <laughs> like, is right? it Harry
0: Potter wizardry type of stuff? <laughs>
1: I wish. <laughs> no, it's all about practice. Self, self-hypnosis, self yes. hypnosis. Um, it's really the same thing. You're always in control. Um, and it's really about deep relaxation and practicing that so much that you can drop down really deep, really quickly and remain there uh, as long as you need to and come out of it when you need to. and um, And really this this is so awesome for birth because you know we need to be loose and limp and soft to open and to allow all of our hormones to do this beautiful dance that they do um, that helps labor progress. And um and actually it is a form of pain management or pain relief, and some mm-hmm. people who practice hypnobirthing say that they don't experience pain at all. Um, and and we explore that in classes and why why that could be because you know our perception of pain a lot a lot of it has to do with perceived threat and um, and the tension that that creates in our bodies. and so with with practicing getting into this deep relaxation, we get really good at releasing tension and um, and letting go of this perception of pain. Yeah. Actually finding pleasure.
0: <laughs> right, right. Leaning into it. And I, I love how you described, you know, just the fascination of what you were able to feel in your body throughout the labor and birth experience. Like, I feel like it, it ties in with that too, how you can through that practice, right, of the centering and the deep relaxation, what you're able to like fully embrace, you know, rather than Mm -hmm. kind of block out because I don't, you know, that might be a misconception as well around hypnobirthing that it's like avoiding or blocking out or, you know, you're, you're avoiding it kind of thing, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, It's still present. It's still there. I would imagine, or at least that's what I experienced as well. But you can just have a different relationship to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. like it's, it, you're still fully experiencing right. everything, but you're able to assist your body instead of resisting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Yes, 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 yes. Beautiful. Cool. Well, Celia, how can listeners connect with you to either learn more about what you shared in hypnobirthing, your doula work, especially for anyone in and around the Bay Area, um, and to just learn more about you and your family?
1: I can be found at intuitivebirth.org. Beautiful. Um, I've got some resources on there for people, as well as my classes and doula services. Um. And yeah, I'm, I'm supporting people all over the Bay area. And I also work with a wonderful uh, doula group called brilliant birth. And it's awesome having this support team of doulas and we really can better serve people, families around us. Yeah. Um, and what else? I also have some recommendations for people if they are, wanting to read or research to prepare.
0: Great. Yeah. Hit us with it.
1: Um, So I highly recommend Evidence-Based Birth. I'm sure people have shared this on your podcast before. It's a very good resource for all birth-related topics, EvidenceBasedBirth.com. And another great podcast is the Birthful Podcast. And also the Birth Hour um, has great birth stories. Um, what is the other resource I would love to share for online? Oh, I don't remember now. Some well, it books. comes
0: to you. You can let me know and then I can include it in the show notes with the resources. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah awesome perfect Perfect. oh Celia thank you so much I really appreciate you thank you to Ali and Nadir as well thank them for being a part of this story and giving you reason to be here right to share the story both of them are a very much integral part of it so I want to acknowledge them
1: oh yeah they're awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) cool thank you so much again for joining us
1: yeah thank you for having me